here we go. Crisp, Crispin Blunt, a conservative member of Great Britain's parliament, was arrested on suspicion of rape. Blunt served as justice minister from 2010 to 2011. He is the second conservative member of parliament in a year to be arrested for rape and has been asked to stay away from parliament. Wow, they want him to stay away from parliament. See, that's the difference between British conservatives and American conservatives. If Crispin Blunt got arrested for rape as an American conservative, Republicans right now would be begging him to run for president. Donald Trump's fraud trial is in its fourth week. The $250 million fraud trial against Donald Trump originally included his three idiot adult children as defendants. Ivanka Trump, however, decided she would get her own lawyers and move to be tried separately from her father and two imbecile brothers. So right now, it's only been Donald, Don Jr., and Eric on trial. Because earlier this year, Ivanka got a good lawyer. See, her brothers can't afford a good lawyer, but she's married to Jared. So she was able to get herself removed from this entire civil fraud trial after an appeals court agreed that she was a full-time employee of the White House when much of the fraud inside the Trump organization was taking place. But that's not so. We're learning as this trial progresses, and it's going to go until mid-December, we're learning that this trial is focusing on fraudulent bookkeeping going all the way back to 2011, six years before Ivanka ever worked inside the Oval Office. Michael Cohen's testimony on Tuesday implicated Ivanka, saying she, along with Eric and Don Jr., helped inflate the value of Trump properties in order to secure favorable loans and insurance policies. Ivanka had assumed she wasn't going to be a part of this trial. But New York State Attorney General Letitia James thought otherwise. And on Thursday, she announced that Ivanka has been served with papers. And Ivanka is expected to testify against daddy. And if you think Michael Cohen was the ultimate betrayal, seeing Ivanka betraying her father, he's going to go even more insane. He's going to go sane. That's how crazy Donald Trump is going to go. He's going to go sane. Uh, so she's expected to testify. Of course, she's got expensive attorneys. And right now they're appealing the subpoena, insisting it wasn't served properly. She wanted it paired with a Chablis as opposed to a rosé. Letitia James said on Thursday that Ivanka is very much intertwined with the Trump organization's crimes. It is reported that the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, wants to see her credit card statements going back a decade. Ivanka, meanwhile, has distanced herself from 
Daddy's Campaign. Reinventing herself, she recently attended Kim Kardashian's 40th birthday party in an attempt to be welcomed back into low society. That was her attempt to get into low society. We're doing a poll in front of our live audience here on YouTube. Thank you for showing up. Thank you to the chat room for showing up. This is our live poll. If you have to pick one, it's an opinion poll this morning. If you have to choose one, who, only one, who do you want to see go to prison most? Is it Ivanka, Don Jr., Melania, or Jared? If you had to choose one that you want to see locked up, who would it be? Ivanka, Don Jr., Melania, or Jared? And I have no idea what my audience, who my audience is going to pick. It will be very interesting. I know who I want to see locked up. Let's say like 10 years in a federal prison. No, no, a state prison. This would be, a well, this is a civil trial, but nobody's going to prison in a civil trial. But this is just a fantasy. If you had to choose one of these pigs, which one would it be? Don Jr., Jared, Ivana, or Melania? The civil fraud trial is delicious because it just unzips Donald Trump's fly and you just see there's nothing there. On Wednesday, the presiding judge in this trial, Arthur Angeron, slapped Donald Trump with a $10,000 fine for violating a gag order when the former president openly trashed the courthouse clerk. Now, that was the second fine. The previous one came to $5,000. And on Thursday, Trump's attorneys asked the judge to reverse the fine. But the judge refused. He said, quote, I'm very protective of my staff, and I believe I should be. I don't want anybody killed. Why should there not be severe sanctions for this blatant, dangerous disobeyal of a clear court order? I never heard of the word disobeyal, but I like this guy. Meanwhile, in Donald Trump's D.C. election interference trial, Judge Tanya Chutkin continues to hear arguments on her gag order, which she has temporarily frozen to hear the Trump attorney's appeal. Special counsel Jack Smith filed a motion late Wednesday night urging the judge to unfreeze Donald Trump's gag order after the special counsel said Donald Trump has taken a social media and threatened his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, who has officially now agreed to flip and testify against Donald Trump. Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, has flipped and he will be testifying against Donald Trump in the election interference case. According to new reporting by ABC News, Mark Meadows will testify that Donald Trump was presented with zero evidence of voter fraud in the hours, days, and weeks after the 2020 presidential election. Mark Meadows is going to testify that not a single shred of voter fraud was placed on Donald Trump's desk to justify any of his statements. 
Mark Meadows is going to testify that there was no evidence of voter fraud being circulated throughout the White House or the Republican Party. It didn't exist, which calls into question the credibility and judgment of our new speaker, Mike Johnson, who served as the congressional point man immediately following the election, insisting there was credible evidence that the election had been stolen. In fact, Mike Johnson, our new speaker, was instrumental in getting two-thirds of the Republican caucus in the House to sign an amicus brief supporting the state of Texas's lawsuit against the state of Pennsylvania, challenging Pennsylvania awarding its electoral votes to Joe Biden. The Supreme Court rejected even hearing that case before January 6th. They threw it out. But Mike Johnson is an attorney, a constitutional scholar, and he insists he saw evidence of voter fraud to justify his zealous attempt to overturn the election results. Here is a tweet that he sent hours, only hours after the 2020 presidential election. I have just called President Trump to say this, stay strong and keep fighting, sir. The nation is depending upon your resolve. We must exhaust every available legal remedy to restore Americans' trust in the fairness of our election system. Where was the evidence? What was this based on? Speaker Mike Johnson, when asked about this by ABC on Wednesday, right after he won the speakership, members of the Republican caucus screamed, shut up at the ABC reporter. This is the mop up for October 27th, 2023. I'm David Feldman. Please like this episode, please like it. Please share it with your friends and family via email or social media and subscribe to my channel and my newsletter. We're conducting a live poll in our chat room right now. I'll have the results at the end of this episode. It's an opinion poll. Who would you like to see locked up? If you could only pick one, who would you like to see be to be locked up for 10 years? Would it be Ivanka, Don Jr., Melania, or Jared? This is an opinion poll. Who do you hate the most, I guess, is what we're asking. Ivanka, Don Jr., Melania, or Jared? It's a tough one. I don't know what the audience, who the audience is going to pick. It will be interesting. The situation in the Middle East grows worrisome. Well, not worrisome. It's already a disaster. On Thursday, the Pentagon reported that rocket and drone attacks from Iran-backed militants left 21 American troops stationed in Iraq and Syria with traumatic brain injuries. The Pentagon also reports an American civilian contractor working in Iraq died from a heart attack after he was sheltering in place to avoid the missile attacks. President Biden ordered missile strikes in eastern Syria in response to take out Iranian weapons storage facilities on Thursday. Bad news for Republicans, the United States economy 
grew by nearly 5% last quarter. It's the fastest growth in nearly two years. That's according to the Commerce Department, which keeps track of our GDP. The jump is attributed to consumer spending, despite the Federal Reserve's attempts to tamp consumer spending down by raising interest rates, thereby making borrowing and credit cards more expensive. The Commerce Department expects the economy to slow down in the next quarter as the Fed's interest rate hikes start to kick in. But we're going on more than a year with economists predicting a recession that has yet to materialize. This economy is on fire. And yet, President Biden's approval rating is now the lowest of his presidency. According to Gallup, only 30% of Americans think he's doing a good job as president. Now, it's not as dismal as this sounds. I mean, it's dismal. He should be above 50%. He's way underwater. This is, he is, his messaging is not good. The good news is 75% of Democrats approve of the job he's doing. 5% of Republicans approve of the job he's doing. But you got to keep in mind a poll like this doesn't measure likely voters exclusively. It's a poll of all Americans. And you got to remember that only 40% of Americans who are eligible to vote actually vote. But these approval ratings are... Uh, they used to be a leading indicator of how an incumbent would do running for re-election. But I've brought this up before. I think Obama in 2012 was underwater with his approval rating or was hovering, was barely above surface. So people hate Washington. So uh, don't get too frightened by this. It has been almost a year since Elon Musk purchased Twitter and new reports show that fewer people are using Twitter today than a year ago when he took over. Monthly users plummeted 14.8% globally, while here in America it went down 17.8%. That's according to SimilarWeb, which audits these things. Hurricane Otis hit the Mexican resort town of Acapulco, killing 27. Four people are reported missing. Hurricane Otis shocked meteorologists going from a tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane in only a matter of hours. With 165 mile per hour winds, it is now the worst hurricane ever to hit along the East Pacific. 500,000 were also left without power. According to Thursday's New York Times, our new speaker, Mike Johnson, doesn't believe the burning of fossil fuels is related to Category 5 hurricanes like Otis, and he adamantly opposes the Green New Deal. Most of his campaign cash comes from oil and gas. He's from Louisiana. He has repeatedly voted for measures to gut the EPA, and has voted against measures to cap methane leaks from fracking. It should come as no surprise the Independent Petroleum Association of America cheered when they learned he had been elected 
Speaker. One of the first bills Speaker Johnson passed Thursday was an Energy Department appropriations measure that shaves nearly half a billion dollars from the Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy Office. Bad guy. Bad guy. Just as bad as Jim Jordan. Maybe worse because this guy is smoother. He doesn't come across as detestable as Jim Jordan. You see what you get with Jim Jordan. I can't believe I'm speaking fondly of Jim Jordan. This guy's a slime ball. He's a sleaze. He's slick. Bad guy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whose uncle and father were both assassinated, once again called for Secret Service protection after a man broke into his Los Angeles home twice on Wednesday. Twice. The man was arrested climbing the fence to Kennedy's home, was released on bail, and then he returned trying to enter the home again. Speaking with campaign staff in Iowa, Donald Trump Jr. said that Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s third-party bid is a ploy by Democrats to peel away votes from Don Sr. in the November election. And Ron DeSantis echoed those sentiments on Thursday, saying Kennedy will appeal to Trump's anti-lockdown, anti-Fauci supporters. This is what I said initially, and it's been borne out. Congressman Jared Golden of Maine, we've had him on the show, is a Democrat, and he apologized to the families of the victims of Wednesday's mass shooting. Uh, He apologized on Thursday for opposing an assault weapons ban. Congressman Golden said, quote, the time has now come for me to take responsibility for this failure which is why I now call on the United States Congress to ban assault rifles like the one used by the sick perpetrator of this mass killing. Asked to comment on the shooting, America's ultra-right-wing pro-assault weapon speaker Mike Johnson told reporters, and I wish I were making this up, thoughts and prayers. He said the same thing Lauren Boebert tweeted out, but she misspelled Lewiston. Uh, He said thoughts and prayers. He said, quote, this is a dark time in America. Prayer is appropriate in a time like this, that the evil can end and the senseless violence can stop, unquote. Yeah, we're all praying that you stop taking money from the gun makers and put an end to this. Unbelievable that they still say we're praying. Speaker Johnson doesn't blame assault weapons. He blames Roe v. Wade. Everything is Roe v. Wade's fault, according to Speaker Johnson. And this is the dog who catches the car because Roe v. Wade was appealed last year. But he, on yesterday's show, I talked about how he blames Roe v. Wade for Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security not being solvent because we don't have enough workers because they've all been aborted. Uh, And now he's blaming Roe v. Wade for mass shootings. This is what he said. He didn't say this yesterday, but he said this 
Many women use abortion as a form of birth control. Yeah, of course they do. Uh, when you tell a generation of people that life has no value, no meaning, that it's expendable, then you do wind up with school shooters. That's why we have school shootings, because of Roe v. Wade. By the way, his mom, one of the reasons he's against abortion is his mom had him when she was 17. So uh, I can't think of a better argument for abortion uh, than this putz. Your mom should have aborted. Ron DeSantis on the campaign trail said red flag laws don't prevent mass shootings. Instead, he said America needs to start institutionalizing the mentally ill against their will. Uh, and he said it in English, not German. This is how fascists speak. He said that we have to start institutionalizing the mentally ill against their will because red flag laws don't work. Now, he's an idiot. According to leading mental health professionals, mass shootings rarely meet, mass shooters rarely meet the clinical diagnosis of mentally ill. In other words, there is no link between mass shootings and mental illness. It just stigmatizes the mentally ill. It is just pure ignorance to draw a link between mental illness and mass shootings. These people are not mentally ill. Look it up. Read about it, Ron DeSantis. You're mentally ill, but these mass shooters rarely meet the diagnosis of mentally ill. Well, let's go back to Mike Johnson. He is now third in line uh, to the presidency. He is our Speaker of the House. He's been on the job a little more than a day. His first day on the job, he met with the Australian Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, who had visited Joe Biden the night before and was treated to a state dinner. Albanese is a member of the Labor Party. He said meeting our new speaker is when the time difference really caught up with him because in Australia it was already Friday and in Mike Johnson's office it was still 1954. Mike Johnson was then introduced to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell for the very first time. And there was important business to attend to on the House floor. Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a resolution calling for the censure of Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, pretty much because she's the only Palestinian American serving in Congress. That's basically why she wanted to censure her. Democrats responded by introducing a motion to censure Marjorie Taylor Greene for her trivializing the Holocaust and her incessant attacks against the LGBTQ community. Johnson is being given a grace period by members of his own caucus, but not by Joe Biden or the Democrats. They want funding for Ukraine right now. And one of the reasons Johnson got the speakership is he stated his opposition to more military aid for Ukraine. His predecessor, Kevin McCarthy, was committed to getting Biden's original $24 billion Ukraine supplemental passed. And that's 
what made McCarthy such a pariah. That's partly what made McCarthy such a pariah in the caucus. So the the question is, will the House approve funding for Ukraine? It's one of the reasons they got rid of McCarthy. And when the candidates spoke, they had to assure the caucus that they opposed funding for Ukraine. In the Senate, Ted Cruz and a few other senators introduced the Israel Supplemental Appropriations Act as an alternative to this big supplemental aid package that Biden, Senate Majority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer, and Senate Minority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell want passed. Their bill would bundle aid to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. They'd bundle it all together in a supplemental bill that runs a little more than $100 billion. But Republicans are asking for what are called single-subject bills, uh, not these supplementals that lump every country together. So Cruz, Ted Cruz, along with a couple of other senators, is proposing a bill, an appropriations bill, that allocates roughly $14 billion in aid to Israel, which is what Biden's bill, the the big bill, also allocates. But Cruz's bill is solely for Israel. It's a single-subject bill and doesn't include funding for Ukraine. Hamas... Officials paid a visit to Moscow on Thursday. Israel continued its aerial bombardment of Gaza as the world community called for a ceasefire. During an emergency session of the United Nations, Israel's ambassador said his country was not at war with the Palestinian people, only the members of Hamas, who he compared to the Nazis. In northern Israel, Fighting between Hezbollah, the Iranian-backed militia stationed in southern Lebanon, fighting there was quiet for the first time in two weeks. Hezbollah says 47 of its fighters have been killed by Israeli soldiers since Hamas's October 7th massacre. As hundreds of thousands of Israeli soldiers amass along the Gaza border, America is urging Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu not to launch a ground invasion. There were reports that Israeli tanks briefly entered Gaza yesterday. President Biden warned the death toll and casualties in Gaza that are cited by Hamas are unreliable numbers. He said, I'm sure innocents have been killed and it's the price of waging war. Admiral John Kirby, President Biden's national security spokesman, warned the death count coming from Gaza can't be trusted. He said on Thursday, quote, the Gaza Ministry of Health is just a front for Hamas, a terrorist organization. We can't take anything coming out of Hamas, including the so-called Ministry of Health, at face value. Admiral Kirby clarified, however, he didn't dispute that thousands of Palestinians, many of them innocent civilians, have been killed by Israeli strikes so far. 
Speaker Mike Johnson met with President Joe Biden for the first time on Thursday in the White House. Biden briefed him and Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries about his $106 billion emergency supplemental for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. He did the briefing uh, by bringing both of them into the Situation Room, hoping that would impress them and scare them. Johnson then returned to the Capitol and went to work on the budget. And as I mentioned earlier, he got the Energy Department's appropriations bill passed on Thursday. And it was a vote of 210 to 199. As I said earlier, it includes massive cuts in funding for alternative energy. The democratically controlled Senate is sure to reject this. The government's fiscal year starts on October 1st, but we still don't have a 2024 budget. You're supposed to have next year's budget ready and operating on October 1st, not January 1st, October 1st. And the entire American government right now is operating under a continuing resolution. Speaker Johnson reportedly wants to extend the continuing resolution until January 15th, perhaps even as far ahead as April 15th of 2024. This has happened before. I think under the Obama administration, we had a year-long continuing resolution. I have to check that. Leave a comment and let me know. I think it was during the Obama administration. They, they tied up the budget process. Tennessee Republican Andy Ogles warned that Speaker Johnson's first major hiccup inside the Republican caucus will be the funding for our Justice Department and FBI because of its relentless pursuit of Donald Trump. A lot of Republicans, including Jordan, Jim Jordan, say they want to defund, if not eliminate, the FBI and parts of the Justice Department. So, We haven't gotten around to the appropriations bills for the Justice Department and the FBI, and that could cause a lot of friction inside the caucus. It is worth remembering that Johnson was part of Trump's inner circle and flew with him constantly on Air Force One. He was one of the leading votes against a select committee investigating January Six, So it remains to be seen what kind of cuts he's going to recommend for the Justice Department and the FBI. Of course, those cuts will be rejected in conference by the Senate. And while Johnson is floating the idea of extending the continuing resolution all the way to April 15th, it's also worth remembering that he voted against the current continuing, continuing resolution that is keeping this government open and running, it expires on November 17th. So we don't know what he's going to do. He voted against this continuing resolution, which is why they voted for him to be speaker. He supported the more draconian version of a continuing resolution with 30% cuts across the board. So who knows if he'll be willing to keep the current continuing resolution going, or try to pass a more severe one 
risking a government shutdown as early as November 17th. But Johnson insists he's willing to reach across the aisle and has said, quote, our political rivals are not our enemies, unless, of course, they're drag queens. He is, by the way, considered the least experienced speaker in 140 years. And by least experienced, despite being married with kids, he has so far only gotten to second base with his wife. Uh, That's how devout a Christian this man is. He's only, that's how inexperienced he is as a speaker. He's only gotten to second base with his wife. And there are reports people are saying that she's also his sister. That's what I've heard. That's what people are saying. That's what I've heard me say just now. ABC News reports that Speaker Johnson doesn't believe in separation of church and state. Last month on the podcast he does with his wife, who many say is also his sister, uh, on their podcast, Johnson insisted that our founding fathers wanted to protect religion from the state, but not the other way around. In other words, this schmuck believes government can't dictate to religious organizations but religious organizations can and should dictate to our government. And, you know, history, if it's proven anything, it's that when religion injects itself into government, everything works out just fine. I mean, look how terrific things are going in Israel right now. Very devout man. Johnson uh, opposes same-sex marriage. He has called for the criminalization of homosexuality. He wants a national abortion ban, and he opposes gender-affirming care for minors. Boy, it just sounds like the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't it? Some say he's even more devout than Mike Pence, whereas Pence refuses to be alone with any woman other than his own wife. Speaker Johnson refuses to be alone with his own wife. That's how devout he is. He refuses to be alone with his own wife, who also, people are saying, happens to be his sister. That's what the word on the street is. That's what I've heard me say just now. He is a devout man. He's very devout. He recently said on his podcast uh, that he does with his wife, who people are saying is also his sister. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard people say that. I just heard myself say it. I don't know if that's true or not, but I just heard myself say that Speaker Johnson's wife is his sister. But uh, on the podcast that he does with his wife, who's, I've heard, also his sister, I don't know if that's true. I, that's what I've heard said by me just now. Uh He said today nearly one in four high school students identify as LGBTQ. Something has gone terribly wrong, unquote. Well, I agree with him. Uh, It should be four out of four high school students identifying as LGBTQ. Everybody should identify as LGBTQ. Not really, but anyway. Anyway. Uh, Very devout Christian. He also supported Donald Trump's 
2017 Muslim ban. So while he supports funding Israel, he supports Israel, it's just a matter of time with this guy before he wants to round up all the Jews here in America and send them back to Israel. I know the type. Big fan of Israel, not so much the Jews. Or the Muslims, or the blacks, or women, or the LGBTQ community, or Hispanics. He wants a white Christian world, but he's more elegant and refined than Marjorie Taylor Greene. Meanwhile, Republicans are slowing down $1 billion in funding for PEPFAR, that is the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. PEPFAR was established by then-President George W. Bush to fight AIDS around the world. It allocates uh, $7 billion uh, annually so far to save 25 million lives worldwide and is the only good thing George W. Bush ever did as president, but he is still a war criminal. He is still a war criminal, which is why his daughter should not be allowed to host the Today Show. Kids her age uh, came home from Iraq. Uh, She should change her last name if she wants to be on television. Anyway, PEPFAR is reauthorized every five years and was supposed to be approved on September 30th, but Republicans in the House are now holding it up, claiming the State Department, which administers the funds, is diverting the money away from HIV and spending it on abortion procedures. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken denies this. Well, I'm sure Speaker Johnson will make sure the funding goes through, right? Everything's about abortion. We don't hate gay people. We we don't think gay people deserve AIDS. We're not saying that. We're just concerned that some of this money is going towards abortion. But we have the Alliance Defending Freedom. We didn't fund the Kill the Gays law in Uganda. We had nothing to do. Yes, you did. By the way, he's with the Alliance Defending Freedom. So everything's abortion. You can blame everything's abortion, even though they've outlawed or they they overturned Roe v. Wade. All right. Where are we? Oh, also on Speaker Johnson's plate will be the farm bill, which gets passed every five years. It's a massive expenditure to subsidize all the food we eat that kills us. And according to a new report, hunger in America jumped by 10 million in 2022, and that is the fault of the Republican Party. North Carolina Republican Patrick McHenry, who served as the temporary speaker for three weeks amid all that chaos, told Politico that Speaker Johnson has yet to call or thank him for the service he performed for his country. McHenry uh, served as a McCarthy surrogate uh, 
that may be one of the reasons he hasn't heard from Johnson. There, we're hearing that there's a lot of tension between the new speaker and the old speaker. Republican Nancy Mace of South Carolina and Matt Gates of Florida accused McCarthy on Wednesday night, they accused him on Wednesday night, of attempting to sabotage Johnson's victory. Congresswoman Nancy May said McCarthy was secretly stabbing every nominee in the back while publicly endorsing them in the hopes he would eventually regain his position. You're listening to The Mop-Up for October 26, 2023. Please like this. Please share it. Please leave comments uh, to correct me. Inform me. I care very much what you all have to say. Please subscribe to my channel and please subscribe to my newsletter. Members of New York's congressional delegation introduced a motion to expel New York freshman George Santos from Congress. According to the rules, this now forces a full vote before the entire House in exactly two days. Expulsion, however, requires a two-thirds majority. Santos has been indicted by the Justice Department for embezzling campaign funds for his own personal use and just lying. Uh, Republicans are hoping to replace him with comedian Hassan Minaj. Santos, as you can see from this picture, also faces a congressional ethics investigation for wearing sweaters six sizes too small. Wow. New York Republican Nick Loda, Nick Loda, New York Republican, he supports expelling Santos from Congress. And he said, quote, you don't get to come here based on lying to all your voters and to all your colleagues. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy then said, now you tell me. Now you tell me. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Well, uh, we have a poll going on in our chat room right now. It's a, uh, an opinion poll. I'm not asking people to predict the future. If you have to choose, as you know, at the beginning of the show, I talked about Ivanka Trump being forced to testify against her father in this civil fraud uh, trial that's going on in New York. And uh, nobody goes to jail in a civil trial. But if we had to lock up somebody, who would you like to see locked up for 10 years? Would it be Ivanka, Don Jr., Melania, or Jared? And I'm going to be very surprised by the results of this poll. So while I'm going to the chat room to see if anybody's actually here, I want to remind you that trial. There we go. But, okay. Uh, I want to remind you to subscribe to my channel and subscribe to my newsletter. Please like this episode. That way I remain in your feed. Please comment on this episode to inform me and share this and everything else that 
I tell you to do. All right, so let's see. We have 1,100 votes. Interesting. Wow. I, okay. Because I, this is an opinion poll. The question is, if only one has to go to prison, which one? Ivanka, Don Jr., Melania, or Jared? Coming in last place is Melania. 5% of our audience thinks Melania should go to prison. Okay. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Coming in third place... Oh, coming in second place, 14% think Ivanka should go to prison. Okay, that's surprising. She's not as despised as uh, my, my friends tell me she is. Only 14% to test. Okay, coming in third place, do you think it's Don Jr. or Jared? This is a very sophisticated audience. Uh, and I agree with the answer. This is really interesting. 37% think Don Jr. should go to prison and 44% think Jared should go to prison. That's really interesting because Don Jr. is easy to hate, but Jared is dangerous. He's, you know, he did... Don Jr. is too stupid. So my audience wants to lock up the, the smartest one of the bunch, the one who made $2 billion from Saudi Arabia. Interesting. I think these are correct answers. Jared, then Don Jr., then Ivanka, then Melania. Okay. Very interesting. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening to the show I will try to be here at 12.05 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Bob, in the chat room.